Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude! We've got a show going on here. We Hey, oh, I'm walking here. We're a little distracted because we, of the white chocolate peanut butter cups. <laughs> Got some candy mouth. A little bit. Well, leftovers from uh, the Easter hopper. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that what these are? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They were in my Easter basket. Really? We need more. I've got a whole bag upstairs. I think you should go get more. I'm not going to get more. You need a couple, one or two. No, we had a couple, one or twelve. <laughs> I'm not fat enough. <laughs> well, okay, then I'll, I'll coat these in butter and fry them for you. How about that? Deep fried white chocolate peanut Wouldn't butter cups. Wouldn't that be good if you got a whole peanut butter cup and you battered it and fried it? Well, there's a. I saw a bunch of restaurants that are doing that kind of thing now. You know, they're deep frying and deep frying everything. Twinkies and Snickers bars and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't want a cup of coffee deep fried. Yeah, four thousand calories. <laughs> as if the American diet isn't bad enough. And and with cheese sauce and gravy. Do you think Bogey ever had a peanut butter cup? I think Bogey smoked his peanut butter cups. <laughs> Sweetheart. So what's happened since the last time we spoke? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been so much time. <laughs> we have no show notes for this show. You know what the show notes say? We have no show notes. It says show number two. That's it. And, Nothing. and it mentions very briefly the uh, the film. This that, is the uh, Entropy Show. It's all going to go to hell. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I have a weird dental thing going on. I can smack you in the side of the head with a brick, see what happens. It feels like a big hunk of tooth went away, but I don't know where it went. Uh, it went into the soup. What does that mean? It's like one of my molars. I can't hear anything. It's not helping me. Yeah, well, I'm just probing my mouth with my tongue. <laughs> you're always in the gutter! I used to have a girl that did that, and I don't anymore. Always in the gutter. No, seriously, though, there's, ever since we've been eating these white chocolate peanut butter cups, my mouth feels very strange. <laughs> like it's got chocolate and peanut butter in it? White chocolate and peanut butter, actually. Yeah, people say, you know, white chocolate technically isn't chocolate. But I think they're liars. I think it's chocolate. I don't know. I don't really know that much about it. Well, because it's without the, the cocoa solids. It's just the cocoa butter is what they use to make the, the white chocolate. So I say, you know what? I'm still calling it white chocolate. Stand I'm good. okay with it. I prefer the white chocolate bunny over the, the regular chocolate bunny. I really like these white chocolate peanut butter cups. In and fact, I think you should go get some more. <laughs> I have more. And you know, we've talked about this before. One of my favorite flavor combinations on the planet, chocolate and peanut butter. And I prefer white chocolate, so that's why I like the white chocolate cups. Wow, that's cool. You are cool. I'm a cool guy. And and you're a guy without a tooth. (laughs) There's something weird going on in the... uh, You're obsessing about the tooth. I don't know. Maybe I just need to brush my teeth. It makes for a fabulous podcast is what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. We're going to have a a dental podcast. That's going to be a... What do they call it? A spinoff? It's going to be a series (laughs) of dental podcasts. Featuring... Just noises of the dentist's office. (laughs) 
<laughs> we and could some definitely bad music going on yeah, in the yeah. background. Well, we we have no lack of that. Spit. That's right. You have that little <laughs> sucker <laughs> thing that goes. We should into have your... that for the entire show in the background. <laughs> that little thing that sucks the soul. <laughs> <laughs> sucks the saliva out of your mouth and you're like your dentist is drilling in your you know and then i have my gag reflex which always goes on and you know that's the worst thing i've got a really really light gag reflex meaning I, what does I, that mean light i gag even brushing my own teeth yeah it's I, really really sensitive you know mine changes with time i mean some days i'm more sensitive and some days i'm less sensitive so i don't quite know what that means if I'm in the dentist chair, I mean, I start to gag when he comes in the door. I mean, it's it's really bad. So when they put that thing just for the suction, that makes me gag. Really? Yeah, before they even start doing work. You, my friend, are a Nancy boy. <laughs> That's the thing that you hear every time I go to the dentist is choking and gagging. <laughs> I really need to go to the dentist. I actually haven't been in quite some time. Yeah, they got to remove all those teeth, put some dentures in. You're getting old. I think that's probably true. I also think that you need uh, Propecia. What does that do? It's for the hair. Oh, okay. What'll, what'll fix all or, the gray hair that plugs. you have exactly? Oh, shellac. You think? Yeah. Good call. <laughs> well, I'm going to take your guns away from you like Wilmer. <laughs> Speaking of the bogey movies, that was Elisha Cook Jr. who played Wilmer. Yeah, that's right. Who would later appear in a Star Trek episode as an attorney. The original Star Trek uh, Was series. he an attorney in that? Mm-hmm. Samuel Cogley. Cogswell Cogs? No, Samuel Cogley. He played an attorney. So, you know, once again, I feel compelled to out John. There's silence on this side. John, jokingly, I watched The Big Lebowski a couple of weeks ago, and just jokingly, I sent John an email that said, dude, dude, we need to go bowling. And, and I would subsequently learn that John has shoes and a ball. I don't have shoes. And a ball, apparently. I don't have shoes. And a ball. <laughs> I've got a ball. No shoes. And he I'm polishes like it. Joe. He's a lot like John Turturro, if you've ever seen the film, the way he polishes his ball. I've never polished it. <laughs> so John's been like stoning me, threatening, threatening me to go bowling. Dude, bowling is fun. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not claiming it's like a sport. I'm not claiming that this is something that we should do as like a regular activity, but it's fun. You go out there and you throw the ball around and you, you know, talk trash and keep score sort of actually now these days the lanes they keep score for you when i was a kid you had to actually do math they had the little projectors that projected right. the little grids was, up on the. it was things. an overhead projector and you had cellophane is what it was That's right yeah but now it's a computer i mean you basically just type your name in and then it keeps track of everything which is you know it takes a little bit of the fun away from it because you can't cheat yes but bowling is fun. I mean, it's... No. It's it's one of those games where you can drink while doing it. It's Yes. <laughs> yes. I I am actually a, a more of a billiards guy than a bowling guy. And, and I've got no problem with that, as you know. I'm just I, saying I, bowling yeah. is fun. Yeah. I don't drink at 10 in the morning, but, you know, some people we know do. And... <laughs> we're going to go bowling, and we're going to get pictures, and we're going to put them online, and, and we're going to keep score. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'm I'm still um, I'm still just befuddled as to why you're so anti bowling. I mean, anti bowling. I can, under- bowling I can understand exactly if someone's ambivalent or if they're acu- eh. anti bowling doesn't accurately describe how I feel about the bowling. The bowling? What are you like ninety? <laughs> the rock music these days. It's the I just bowling? prefer to keep it in the infinitive. That's all. 
why? To bowl. Why why are you so anti-bowling? Anti-bowling, again, doesn't describe it. It's just I think bowling is... Let me find a word. Wait. Dumb. (laughs) Okay. There's a lot of things that are dumb, but they're fun. Example? Uh, Breathing. (laughs) Going going to work. (laughs) Uh, Going to the beach. There's a lot of stuff that are... That's... You know, it's just kind of goofy, but you have fun doing it. I don't find going to the beach goofy. I enjoy the beach. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, singing karaoke, that kind of thing. It can be fun. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to take your word for it on that. Rich Rich is one of those guys who is just so pent up, he just will not have fun. I'm pent up? Can you say that? Is that yes. correct usage of the word? Yes, he's pent up. Uh... He, he's uh, cloistered. <laughs> he's He's all backed up. It, what it is is he's he's just afraid to express any joy. Yeah, that's probably I, it. I can see it happening. Yeah, I would say he doesn't that. want to throw a ball because he doesn't want to embarrass himself and lose. Well, I I, I know already that I think I'm he's a, a bad girl bowler. Is what it is. <laughs> I know, for example, now that I'm a bad bowler. I mean, it's you know, it it's not about. As- this is the thing. It's not like let's go and compete at bowling because I'm going to beat you. No, it's who cares? You get a thirty, who ninety, a hundred, big deal. It's Last fun. time I bowled, I think one twelve was the number I got. Well, and it was you know what I it thought. was. You know what it was. It was this is how long ago it was. It was a bulletin board. I remember bowling. I was meetup. there. Were you there? It was at Sunset Bowling. I think it was. Were you part of that? I think I was. It was like me, you, Matt Ogunowski, and Joe Brooks. I think I think Michelle may have been there. She might, and I think I. Bowled a 112. Were you the high bowler then? Probably. Yeah. I've, I've followed by I've been known Matt, to... followed by Joe, and then me. And Michelle may have been in a, a fifth. I've been known to bowl in the 200s. Really? Yes. You've bowled a strike or two? <laughs> in a row, even. Whoa. Do you have a sanctioned 300 game? No, I don't. But that, my high game is 278. Really? Really. Why is it I'd want to go bowling with you? Exactly. it's fun. It's not about playing to win. Could you convince me of that? <sighs> What's wrong with bowling? A lot of silence, bowling? You, lot you, of silence you go here. bowl, you spend time with people that you want to hang out with, but apparently uh, you're becoming one that I don't. Or, or the inverse. And... And you just goof around, and occasionally you interrupt the conversation by throwing a heavy object at pins. That's what's fun. Well, I'll I'll, I'll think about that. And you get to laugh at other people, too. Well, that's always good. Yeah. And there's fried foods involved, generally. But you don't have to worry about that. Fried foods? Yeah, bowling alleys are known for their fine cuisine. Really? Yeah, they fry everything. Huh. Good to know. Good to know. Fried pizza. So, um... What are you going to talk about? I don't know. John Quincy Adams? I think we should play some music. Let's do that after you talk about John Adams. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention that uh, I've been watching a show on HBO, which I think is just amazing. Let's talk about that. It's called John Adams. You outed me there. You're going to go to sleep now, aren't you? Of course. John Adams. You know, it's not uh, Sam Adams, but John Adams. They were relatives of some sort, weren't they? They were second cousins. Second cousins? Second cousins. Okay. Now, if they were man and woman, does that mean they could have had a relationship? They could have. I think or is they, it third cousins that they allowed? I think with. they did have a relationship, but not in the kind that uh, your gutter mind is used to. <laughs> but yeah. Gutter, it, it, bowling it, joke. Yeah, there you go. See, you are gutter boy, but apparently not enough. <laughs> the, uh, the, the show is great. Paul Giamatti plays John Adams. 
And, One of our favorites. And Laura Linney plays Abigail Adams, his wife. Which is what a great tie in the last week's show. Yeah. I mean, Laura Linney is fantastic in this. And the thing that I find about this is uh, it's based on a book by, I think, Robert McCulloch, McCullough or McCulloch. Um, and it's it's really tying together a lot of the personal writings of John Adams and Abigail Adams. So it's not like someone's interpretation of what happened it's really drawn right from the personal handwritten letters of these two people. And what's amazing about this is, you know, we usually think of the founding fathers like John Adams and, and uh, like George Washington and, and Ben Franklin as these superhero kind of people. You know, I always think George Washington, uh, Abe Lincoln. These are people that I'm, I'm never going to meet. Not really contemporaries. They're not contemporaries. They're people that I can't even conceive of as being human beings. It's almost like they're mythical figures. But this really brings it home how much of uh, a reality, how much, how much, um, how human these people are, right? And and with all the failings and and discomfort and and insecurities. Um, but the thing that really amazes me about this is just how much John Adams relied on his wife, not as a wife to do things for him, as you know we think of the day, you know, back in the the 18th century, uh, women being almost subservient to men. This was a real uh, partnership of a marriage. She would review his legal papers. She would review his his speeches before you know he went to uh, um, close his arguments in court. He was a lawyer by trade, and she, he would refer to her as his best and kindest friend in all of the letters. So I mean, this is a woman who's really, really strong in a partnership with a a, a, a husband. But unfortunately, at the time, she really couldn't do this out in public. So she was really, really influential in in uh, the founding of this country just as much as him, even though he was the, the speaker, I guess, for the family. It's just amazing stuff. And Paul Giamatti really – talk about one of our best actors. This guy well, we, is we talked about him. Rageous. We talked about him um, – the last time we talked about him was for that Edward Norton movie, right? The, uh, the magician thing. Um, right, right. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the – there was another one, the, the Prestige, which I saw recently, but right. uh, it was the uh, Illusionist. The Illusionist, yeah. We both uh, enjoyed his performance in that. He's always very good. Yeah, so it, it prompted me to go out and actually buy the the book that this is based on. Really? Right. And book. Book. Okay. And it's funny because you're flipping through this, and they they've got flipping snap, flipping through the book, and they've got in the book they've got some plates showing actual handwritten letters that they're basing a lot of this on. Um, and they've got some drawings and, and paintings of John Adams. And I think they did a good job in casting because a lot of the people in this, in this, uh, in this, I guess it's a, a miniseries on HBO. Yeah. Um, they casted them to look almost like the real people. So that, that even makes it more real. Well, Paul Giamatti actually looks a little bit like John Adams, you know, kind of a stout, uh, baby facious, face ish kind of guy, you know, puffy. Facious? puffy cheeks kind of thing um bald and it's cool because they they show they don't do the whole um you know the 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 hoity-toity kind of dress of the the 18th century they show the realism of it you know the the wigs were these ratty things that they would wear on their head kind of like we wear ties when we're in an office you know going to a job they'd put these things on but they're all shaven heads underneath and and they show um sam adams dealing with uh with John Adams, they showed George Washington, who's played by Barry Bostwick. Barry, no, it's not Barry Bostwick. He played him in the eighties, though. And, and the name of the actor is now slipping my mind. He was in Saint Elsewhere. I talked to you about this before. David Morse. David Morse. 
Right. And, and they put a little nose prosthetic on him. Looks a lot like George Washington. Um, Ben Franklin is played by uh, Sally Struthers. Sally Struthers, yes. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Linda Hunt. No. It's... Who's Linda Hunt? You don't know who Linda Hunt is? Who's Linda Hunt? It's a very short actress. Very short. I don't know who that very, is. Very, very short. We'll look it up later. All right. Anyways, it's it's really cast well, and they show a lot of the backbiting that was going on during the whole uh, negotiation of independence. And man, it was it must have been a real rough time because you get the sense of just how fragile this was. This wasn't like a bunch of people, you know, going, Well, yes, we must do this and, and knowing exactly what they should they were very insecure about it. They didn't know what to do and it took a long time for them to figure out that this is the right thing because they knew that they were they were gonna go through some hard times, not just the war part of it, but you know, breaking free of a country is tough. And then they had to go negotiate with France, and they show a lot of that. That's the, the last episode that I saw is uh, John Adams going to France. He had to go, you know, for several months overseas. Not commonly known, John Adams was a conehead. He was a conehead. He was drinking beer in the six-pack form. and uh, <laughs> We must consume mass quantities. Right, and, and he, you know, he had a rough time in France and being away from his family, and then you know, it's uh, the whole thing where you thought that all of these guys were, you know, united, but there were a lot of there was a lot of uh, discord between John Adams and Ben Franklin. And Franklin was more of the the uh, the subtle negotiation type, and John Adams was give us what we need right now, you frogs, you. And it just didn't work out. So what? What? He was very very brusque to the French. Brusque? Yes. Wow. Yes, he was offensive even to the French. Holy cow. So great, great miniseries. If you can watch it uh, live, it's every Sunday night. Um, and if you can't watch it live, wait for it to come out on, on DVD. I'm sure it's going to be out soon. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that because I actually am a fan of that period of American history. And uh, when it does come out on DVD, I'll have to check it out. Well, this is the thing that, that gets me. is I was never a fan of American history because it was just so dry. Maybe it was the, the, the teachers in the classes that I've had. It was always really, really dry. And I always thought that, you know, this is just, you know, how does this relate to me? You know, maybe I was an idiot. But now it's so real and it's it's good stuff. So, I mean, I actually went out and bought a book about American history. Imagine that. Wow. Imagine that. I'm having trouble imagining. You know what's next? I Dogs, cats sleeping together. What does that mean? Bowling. Bowling? You don't remember that reference? Well, go, myth, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Mythbusters? Myth, Ghostbusters. Zool. Zool, yeah. We got to get these two together. Are we going to play a tune now? We're going to play a tune. Uh, Sit ooh. back and relax. Yeah. By the way, if any of you don't like jazz, fast forward about 10 minutes and you'll, you'll, you'll pick us up uh, where we uh, resume.
What happened there? I don't know, but if we had listeners that were tolerating our music up to this point, I they're think gone. we lost them. Yeah, they're they're just good riddance. We just not interested anymore. Well, like I've always said, you know, that's what the fast forward button is on your little portable music device or your uh, little MP3 player on your computer, mm-hmm. which isn't quite as portable as a portable music device. But but they've got control. They have the con. They can fast forward through anything. Including and that's true. Of, that's true of every kind of broadcast that enters their house. You know, let's not complain to the FCC that Howard Stern is a jerk. Just don't listen. There you go. What you got? Well, you know, I saw a film, and it was actually something I discovered quite by accident. I was wandering around the one of the the BB, the Blockbuster Video, the BBV, uh-huh. in in search of something. The big blue box. Yep, in search of something that I hadn't seen, something new, something now, something wow, something fresh. And um, what I ended so you up got... Star Wars. <laughs> you so know, you this tooth is co- really freaking me out. Dude. I know, I can tell. So you, so you picked up a copy of National Lampoon's uh, Animal House. I have the double secret probation version of that. Actually, <laughs> I bought it a few years ago. And John Landis made a little little film in the bonus tracks. You're of like, weak. What the uh, stars are doing now? But no, I found this film called Great Wall World. Great World of Sound. And uh, the tagline is something like, we'll make you a star or something like that. And I'm looking at the Internet Movie Database printout of this film, and it says, Plot Outline. When a man answers an ad to train as a record producer, he's excited by the prospect of signing undiscovered artists, only to discover that his new job isn't all it's cracked up to be. And when I first saw the film, I thought it was kind of going to be uh, – it's, it's not a documentary. It's a narrative. But I thought it was going to be kind of an expose about the real music industry, not that what happens in this film doesn't happen, but I'll talk mm-hmm. about it in a minute. But, the, you know, so many artists get signed, and, you know, their studio costs are whatever, $50,000, $10,000, $100,000, whatever it is that they happen to uh, get charged, and that comes out of their profit. So there's so many artists that get signed – that don't actually see any money. Right. You'll hear that they get like a, a $5 million record deal, but in fact, the record company gives them nothing because they, they eat up all those costs in making of their first album. Right. Or or their whatever Distribution record. and everything. Yeah, exactly. Music videos and all that stuff. So there are so many artists out there that don't make anything, and I thought that this what this film was going to be about. But this film was actually about something a little bit darker, a little bit more of the dark underbelly of the So the guy industry. would sign the record or sign the, the artist to the label and then he would uh, kill them and eat them. No, but I, I would say that this is more about um, con artists, con artistry. And I suppose in the wake of American Idol, this kind of con artistry is probably happening more than it ever has. But uh, in this film... It's about this fake record label called, uh, I think the record label was called The Great Wall of Sound, GWS. And they would book a hotel room in a town, pick a town, Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, And they would run ads ads in the paper, and then people would come and audition for these people. But the uh, what what would end up happening is they would try to get money out of the artists, you know, a goodwill investment, you know, just to show us that you're committed and you're not going to bail out of the contract. How do you feel about paying 10, 20, 30 percent of the CD production costs in advance? How much money well, do you yeah. have on you today? That's kind of like, like bad those car uh, salesmen, um, those modeling agencies that they've heard about. They where they they'll say, oh yeah, you can be a model, but you know, you pay us. 
two thousand dollars up front, and we'll get your original, you know, photos taken and all that stuff, and then they skip town. Yeah, well, and that's ex- exactly what was going on here. But the two guys that they hired to be producers didn't quite get that at first. And the the interesting thing is that one of these guys, uh, his name was Clarence, is an African American guy, and Thomas. I remember thinking, the actor's name is Keen Holiday, and I went, man, holy cow, this guy reminds me of a guy. Do you remember a TV show that used to follow like Barney Miller on ABC on Thursday nights or whatever night it was back in like 1978 or something? It was a TV no. show called Carter Country. No. Well, anyway, I saw this African-American actor, Keen Holiday, and I thought, I remember man, Fish. He, Abe Vigoda, he looks just like and sounds like this Fish. guy who was on Carter Country all those years ago, 30 years ago, and I looked him up on the Internet Movie Database, and I'll be damned, it was the same guy. So there's another one of these TV generation things mm-hmm. that you know only some idiot who some watched freak like you. too much TV or you would, would re- have remembered. The other guy who played one of the main producers was an actor named Pat Healy. He played a Ron guy Glass. named Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Pat Healy played the other producer. Major Healy? No, <laughs> that's right. Uh, named Martin. And Pat Healy, we saw in that recent Werner Herzog film about the guy shot down in Vietnam. Um, I talked about it a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, but you know the film I'm talking about. It's with uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, he was one of the guys uh, in the prison camp along with Christian Bale. So this guy's actually making some inroads and, and doing very well. But, I mean, I have a couple things to say about this film. A, I thought the film was great, and I'm so surprised that this film didn't make it to Munson. I didn't get to see it at the uh, Munson series. I mean, I'm shocked that a film as good as this, you know, it got jury awards at many of the film festivals, and I had hmm. never even heard of the thing. And here I never I am, heard of it. Yeah, I'm walking around Blockbuster, and there it is. It's just like hanging out. Right it's, next to the, the goobers and raisinets? It's somewhere near there, yeah. And I guess my first issue with this film is that it's sort of an attack on the music industry. And I guess... They deserve it. They do deserve it. But at the same time, any time there's been... Since the dawn of man and things have had value, perceived value, whether it be currency or food or women or whatever, people (laughs) have been trying to scam other people out of it. So, you know, scam artists... good. Mine rock. Scam artists... You pay me for my rock. Scam artists have been around forever, and they're not going away. How many emails have you gotten from, you know, Africa asking you to invest in a $5 million, you know, scheme in Believe the past? Believe me, I spent hours lately putting together some stuff to filter out that garbage. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm defending the music industry. Uh, to because a, you're a, a sleazeball. You're yeah, a gutter boy. Exactly. <laughs> At a very small level, I'm, I'm, I'm defending the music industry because this kind of stuff goes on everywhere. But at the same time, as we discussed you're before... You're an apologist for the record. Dude. I'm not. The labels, the major labels, screw over artists every day, you know, with these... They, they, They're just hoping someday to have a, a fine career in uh, record sleazery. <laughs> He's, I actually he's polishing his uh, shark skin suit right in, right now. I do want to have my own record label someday. You and I have talked about it. I I have a name and I have a a, a genre of music that we would feature. Um, not unlike what we listened to only moments squealing, ago. Squealing. It's not. Let me see. It's squealing gourds. Record label. Yeah, coming from the guy with the Ricky Martin collection. <laughs> that means a lot, right? You're the one sending me Ricky Martin videos, so, you know, I didn't send down, you a Ricky Mr. Martin Mr. video. I sent you a, a, a black metal cover of a Ricky Martin song <laughs> that actually was very funny. So anyway, uh, the thing that I found particularly amusing about this film was that all of the audition scenes where the artists would come to the hotel, where the producers, in quotes, mm-hmm. were staying... 
they were all shot with a hidden camera. Uh, so every one of these scenes was real. Real artists answering ads in papers, thinking they were going to be discovered. And then I'm sure later on they signed a contract and paid them a little for their for their time and uh, told them that if they would allow it, you know, you could be in the film. And there are some really, really good audition scenes. Really? Yeah, you got to see them. They're, well, they're not unbelievable. I mean, we've all seen the auditions from American Idol and whatnot. <laughs> so I guess they're not unbelievable. But occasionally, you know, just like on Idol, a good one, uh, a good one comes across the, our transom. It kind of reminds me of the, the scenes from, you remember the, the Fabulous Baker Boys? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, jeez. With, with uh, Bo Bridges. The Pianists? Right. Yeah. Bo I Bridges haven't seen Jeff that Bridges. since like 83 or something. Great movie. But yeah. Bo Bridges, Jeff Bridges, and uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer plays the, the female lead. Well, the two guys, they decide to spice up their act and get a singer. And they go through a slew of auditions that are just brutal. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I recommend this film. I really enjoyed this film. And the audition scenes are phenomenal. And it does kind of expose... You know, and again, in the wake of these things like American Idol, it's probably pretty easy to prey on the hopes and dreams of these artists. You know, I mean, occasionally you see some of these auditions and there'll be someone that there'll be an artist, a singer that they reject. And like, oh, come on, I really need to be on here. You know, and they've put all of their eggs in this basket of, you know, making it on Idol. And then they are absolutely, what's the word? Um, Wretched. No, but when when they're finally told no, their their response devastated. is devastated. Yeah, they're absolutely devastated. They thought they were going to make it. They were hoping that this was going to be their way out of the One situation. One of these days, someone's right. going to bring a gun. Well, maybe to be that guy from New Orleans. I mean, you know, he's kind of <laughs> famous for that. You know, I don't think he's going to be auditioning though. On he show. probably doesn't need to no, audition on there. They would probably have rejected him first of all because he doesn't sound like every other R and B artist in the world. And I to know. To make it onto that show, you have to sound. They claim they're looking for somebody new, and yet they only let people through who sound like every other R and B artist in the world. You yeah, know? they don't do that whole. <laughs> yeah, too many notes. Yeah. You know, how about picking a note and singing it instead yep. of all these scales? Actually, I did watch some of the auditions on on Idol this year, and I recall that there was this guy who had a very big sort of glee club kind of voice, as Simon described it, and he he sang a song by, who's that artist? Um, uh, he's sort of a fake opera guy, and he's very popular right now. Um, Josh Groban. Groban, right? This guy reminded me of Groban, and at first, uh, Randy and the chick who can't sing but dances liked him but Simon didn't and Simon said well you're a little glee club and I just heard Josh Groban all over this guy when I heard him audition and I, th- I if I were there I would have said yeah and Josh Groban doesn't sell a lot of records right. clearly you don't want to sign an artist that sounds like this you know no what they want is a product they don't want an artist they remember if you're not a part of the solution you're a part of the solute <laughs> right products I don't know you know the the the, the it's the uh the resultant of two numbers multiplied, right? Yes. So anyway, Great World of Sound, 2007 film. Kind of an interesting little expose into the dark underbelly of the music industry and these, these con artists who... Isn't uh, the underbelly by definition dark? No. And what's an overbelly? <laughs> is there an overbelly? I don't know if there is. Maybe it's the overback. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But anyway, this this is actually a 2007 film directed by Craig Zobel. 
And uh, I don't know what the rating is, but I'm guessing... Let me NC-17. put it this way. No, but it was the one right below that because Samuel uh, Samuel L. Jackson could easily have been oh. saying some of the dialogue in this film. You know, MF, you know, all the... All of those kinds of mother that's, freaker and that that's, kind of thing. That was a great performance. And I hope you burn in hell. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although the African-American guy was played by Keen Holiday, as I said, Samuel L. Jackson. Actually, I don't think he would have done as good a job, but he could have handled the dialogue right. equally as well as uh, as Keen Holiday did. But yeah, this this was a, a good look at the, uh, the music industry or a, a part of the music industry. I mean, I would like to believe that there's some goodness in the music industry. It's just that they make no money, and you have to search really hard to find it. There is some goodness in the music industry. Yeah, what's that? It's kept in a little box in a safe. And, Down uh, by the river. And, and they've thrown the key away. That's right. Anyway, I think that's a show. Well, It's official. It's, yeah, nothing it's like a runaway train. Now. That's right. It's all aboard. <laughs> what we need is Ozzy Osbourne to be singing that. Willoughby, Willoughby. Next stop, Willoughby. Anyway, you've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians, and this is Rich Wilgus. And this is John Tellerico. And um, we've got a website. We do. W-W- it's a new thing. W.bloodyveg.com. We put up this website on the inner tubes, and it's just <laughs> phenomenal. That's right. And we even have this thing called the Forum. It's kind of like the, the Roman Forum, bloodyveg.com slash forum. A lot of people standing around in togas. Doing nothing, apparently. And uh, much like in the forum, we have email, and you can leave this email to feedback at bloodyveg.com. And remember, you've been listening to the VIB. 